Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by Rod Rudson, CEO and founder of Sadva, an American privately held e-commerce company that specializes in luxury mattresses and was one of the first companies to implement the direct-to-consumer business model. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Rod Rudson of Sadva. Ron, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Cameron. I appreciate it. Of course. So I'd like to start out with your upbringing. Um, where did you grow up and what would you say your childhood was like? Yeah, so I grew up in Queens, New York. Um, uh, honestly, I mean, you know, there are kids who grew up with a lot more probably, mm. uh, but I wouldn't trade my childhood for anything. Um, it was uh, it was uh, the perfect childhood. I, I, I loved growing up um, in the parks, playing sports. Um, I had great parents. I'm really fortunate to have great parents. Mm. Uh, so I tell everyone I didn't come from lots of money. I came from lots of integrity. Yeah. I love <laughs> that. Just out of curiosity, what were some of your aspirations growing up and did your parents have an influence on some of that, um, as a child? Uh, yeah, well, my mother, uh, you know, worked for the American Jewish committee. Uh, she was always in work an hour early. So she was a great, um, you know, role model for that. My, my father, uh, was in the home furnishings business and had a furniture store or two at, at a time. So he always worked for himself. So I had a little bit of the entrepreneur yeah. at a small level uh, from that. And then, you know, the good work ethic between the two of them, obviously having your own business. And then my mother uh, also really being, uh, you know, just a, a great dedicated worker, always early, um, mm. always focused on her work. Yeah. Never missed a day, kind of lady. Incredible. So I, I got a little bit about a little bit of both of that in me, which is for great. sure. So, with your father, with that um, furnishing background, did, did you help out at all growing up? And I'm sure that has some correlation to what you're doing today as well. Oh yeah. Um, first, you know, again, uh, you know, growing up in Queens, uh, being in the boroughs of New York, between Queens, the Bronx, mm -hmm. uh, Manhattan. Uh, you know, my early years, my teen years, you know, we're so beautifully diverse here. So um, I just, I get along great with everyone, always did. Started working at my father's furniture stores, you know, on the weekends, I'd go with them and clean tables, um, <laughs> you know, kind of like talk to customers a little bit also. But, um, you know, I would go in and 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 work and, and see what it was like to earn your own keep. Mm. You, know, we, uh, you know, we had to sell to make money. Exactly. So going into school, did you end up going to college? And if so, what did you study and where did you grow? Yeah, well, when I left high school, I, I had a pretty interesting uh, career path. It, I always tell everyone my, my career is kind of boring because I only did two two things really in my life. Uh, but I was really fortunate. I was playing a lot of baseball um, when I was uh, 15, 16 years old. And at 16, um, I try to take it a little more seriously and I need, and I, I, I didn't really have a lot of time, but I, I just, I needed, I needed a job. So I, I asked my father, um, you know, does he know anyone? And he said, yeah, why don't you go see a friend of mine who just opened up a furniture store in Manhattan? Mm. Uh, I was 16 years old. Um, and that was, uh, a, it, it, at the time it was called Jennifer house. It ultimately became Jennifer convertibles, but it was the first one in Jennifer convertibles. Wow. Uh, wound up being a 219 store chain, which I became partners in by the time I was 20 years old. Wow. So I started working there when I was 16. I was in high school. Um, by the time I graduated high school, I was basically doing both working and going to school. Wow. Uh, and then I attempted to go to NYU for a couple of months. Uh, and that's about all that lasted <laughs> because we were on our fourth Jennifer store already mm. by the time I was 
you know, that age. Um, and by the time I was 20 years old, I wound up, you know, my mother being so, you know, um, you know, strict with work and, and, and making sure money was always covered. Yeah. She told me, make sure you save money, put some money in your pocket every week, but put the bulk of it in the bank. And from age 16 to age 20, I saved $25,000 and I was able to make my wow. first investment. And I actually became partners in a, in a, in a Jennifer convertible store in Greenwich village when I was 20 years old. That's incredible. So by the time I was 21, I was already reading P and L statements and <laughs> I really understood inventory and you know, I also I also make sure that I learned everything. I learned how to sell. I learned how to do the warehousing. Uh, I understood the delivery side of the business. Wow. Understood the product side of the business, uh, and then leadership and management. You know, because I was I was basically um, you know managing people at a fairly young age. Wow! So I had the, I had the entrepreneurial bug early. That's an incredible experience and a very abnormal at that age for sure. Um, but getting into that as well, continuing on that, um, how did you gain the the trust to really develop that leadership side um, at that chain? And as the company continued to expand at that, how were people respecting you at that age? And what, what did that look like? Yeah, you know, for me, I was always, um, you know, I always wanted to make, you know, a lot of money. Um, mm -hmm. So one, uh, I, I knew, look, I, 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 I knew I had to work really hard um, to get the things I wanted. Um, and I did. And when you work that hard and you put that much into something, the people around you respect you regardless of, regardless of your age. For sure. Uh, so I did that. I, I mean, I, I just put so much more time in than most people. So mm. I got that respect. Then, um, you know, again, I have really good parents. Uh, my father always instilled confidence in me. I have a, I have a daughter. Um, and when, you know, from the time she was young, that was always the main thing for me, built confidence mm. in your kid, let them have, I, I think having confidence is probably the greatest attribute you can have, uh, yeah. you know, going into the world. So I had that early. I wasn't cocky. Well, you know, we, we were kind people. So I was never cocky. It was just I was confident. And I was mm. willing to put the work in uh, to back that up. Mm. Um, so that that was, you know, a, a really big part of, you know, the success that uh, I had early. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess yeah. I'd leave it at that. Yeah. No, for sure. So at age 20, what does this journey look like? Once you invested in yourself, then, um, what, what does the growth of the company look like? What does your day-to-day -day duties look like? If you can explain. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. I was, uh, running, running the store, but I was also, you know, training all people that, cause we would now, I was, I was in partnership with the, with the, you know, as one of the owners of, of this, let's, I think at the time it was seven or eight stores. Um, so I was part of the management and mm -hmm. the leadership of that. And, um, uh, my store that I opened up, um, you know, when I was 20, which is 40 years ago, did a million dollars its first year in business. I was able to pay back. I, wow. I, I saved my own 25,000, put it in. I had to borrow 25,000. I paid that 25,000 back. And by the time I was 21, I was making some good money and I still stuck to what my mother had always told me save as much money as you can. So by the time I was 23, I was able to buy another store. Wow. And, and another store. So um, uh, I, I was just always very conservative with with my the money I was earning. Uh, it was our brand. Mm -hmm. I, I fell in love with the brand Jennifer and we were at that point. Um, you know, by the time I was in my late 20s, we got it up to 37 stores and we were able to take wow. it public in a 219 store chain it became. And that lasted 30 years. Wow, that's incredible. 
I'm curious then, how does the tie from going into mattresses, how does that branch off from Jennifer then, taking that experience that you developed before, if you can kind of explain that transition? Sure. November of 2008, um, you know, really took a hit on the uh, on the furniture business. Yeah. Um, you know, we went, uh, we were getting out of Jennifer at that time and we sold to a Chinese company and, you know, I got about uh, 80% of what I would have liked out of that deal. So I walked mm. out fairly happy. Yeah. Um, my business partner and I were uh, having dinner and we were deciding what we wanted to hit next. And we knew that the highest margin item in the in the in the home furnishings industry was the luxury mattress. Mm. And I had also I was at that time, this is this is late 2007, mid 2007. Okay. I was fascinated with the Internet. Um, you know, I always had to deal with having a lot of stores. You know, I, I was running basically the 219 stores. I opened them all up. Yep. I had a great management team. We had about 800 people. Mm. Um, you know, just an incredible experience building them in my 20s and my 30s, my early 40s. Mm. Uh, and then, um, you know, when I when I started to think about it, I was like, wow, not having all those stores, you can sell something on the Internet. Yeah. And I always had to go around to all the stores and teach people, you know, exactly what to say and say it this way. And we had a training programs and all that. Mm -hmm. And now I said, well, this Internet is fascinating. We can, you know, uh, if I go online, I have my own website. I, it's all my language. Mm. Anybody who I have selling on the phones, they sit right outside my office. Um, so I was fascinated by the Internet. And I felt that I was reading a lot about Zappos at the time. Mm, yeah. Uh, I thought Tony Shea was brilliant. Um, sad to see him not with us. Yeah. Uh, he's a real visionary, um, but a real visionary for customer service. For sure. And um, I wanted to take that model. And I just felt like if you give a home trial, the mattress buying experience was so bad at the time, the industry had developed a horrible reputation for itself. Yeah. Um, you couldn't comparison shop, um, phony sales, all these, all this type of stuff. And I said, well, you know, I think if I give a home trial and I tell the story, I went out and I bought the, the most uh, popular um, luxury mattresses on the market at the time, which at the time was Simmons Beauty Rest or Stearns mm. & Foster Estate Collection. Great beds. Yeah. And they cost about $2,500 uh, at, at retail. Mm -hmm. And I went and I tore them apart and I did a raw materials analysis and realized I said, wow, I can sell this, you know, the same quality yeah. uh, for like $1,000 less. And then on top of that, um, I wanted to you know, have something that was more green, something that had more of a green initiative. Mm. So I realized I was able to put some antimicrobial organic cotton in our cover, use natural fizzle for our flame retardant instead of chemicals or sprays, um, recycled steel rod for our mm. coils. And I was able to build this product um, for a lot less and sell it for a lot less. And then I was very fortunate um, I, through a friend. I had met a group uh, mm -hmm. that did Internet marketing and social media. Yep. And I did a presentation for them uh, that this is how I wanted it. This is something that I wanted to bring online. Mm -hmm. And it was about seven people at that meeting. Two of them called me up with, in short, this is a short version of it. Yeah. Two of them called me up within 24 hours and they didn't say to me, they want to be involved. They said they have to be involved with me. They said that nobody, this is 2000, late 2007, early 2008. Yep. Nobody in the mattress industry understands anything about selling things online. Yeah. It is like they're terrible at, like nobody knows anything. 
they said, Ronnie, we will take your product. We will make sure when somebody searches mattress, a luxury mattress, a best mattress, you're going to come right up on top. I really, at the time, didn't understand what they were talking about. Ours is just a regular brick and mortar retailer. Yeah. And um, so I have two young partners that are brilliant. Um, and together with my manufacturing, logistics, customer service and sales expertise, coupled with their um, uh, you know, engineering, software, yep. internet marketing, social media, understanding together, we grew this into a business that does well over $400 million today That's and uh, highly profitable. And we are now opening up brick and mortar, uh, which is amazing, That's by awesome. the way. Uh, we'll get into that maybe a little later, but um, yeah. So, so also part of you know, the, you know, talking about being an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. um, you have to be so open-minded. Like I, when I met my my two partners, um, you know, in a sense, they were like kids to me. Yeah, I, I've learned so much from both of them. So you have to be open-minded. I would never like today, and with my own money, when I go invest, I always look for young entrepreneurs that I can invest in, yep. but I will never invest in a management that only has young folks and I'll never invest in a management that only has old folks. Yep. I love cross-generational management. I think that is the smartest approach today. You yep. need a little gray hair um, and you need, uh, you know, you need some youth in there to have these big visions and to kind of understand the language of today and for sure um, how to communicate today in the world and market today. But you definitely need some experience to make sure that, um, you know, uh, their guidelines and guardrails and, yeah. uh, and it's worked out really well for us. Incredible. Out of curiosity, you guys were truly a pioneer, especially you mentioned your partners came on. There's no mattress brand coming into e-commerce at the time. How did you approach? Um, so for all these years, people go into brick and mortar, they can t feel the bed, understand what it's going to feel like when it enters their home. How did you approach that? I'm sure that question came up on how, how are you going to convince a consumer? Sure. Well, you know, my, my, my pitch was you go into a mattress store, it's fluorescent lighting. Mm -hmm. You lay on a bed for five minutes with someone's hovering over you trying to sell you something that you're not sure that they, that you have, that they have your best interest in mind because they might have to get us get an extra money for selling Simmons beds that week or Serta beds that week or Sealy beds that week, depending on extra inventory. Yep. So, um, you know, what are you really getting and what are you really learning when you lay in a mattress store? To me, I was like, Hey, buy it from me. I'm going to give you a home trial for 360 at the time it wasn't 365 it was actually um, 90 days at the time okay but you know now it's 65 yeah uh, but and actually sleep on the bed in your in your own room with your pajamas on and your room temperature and everything you like in your sheets that's incredible and if you don't like it we'll take it back because the concept was i'm building you a bed that basically you'll find in almost every luxury hotel Mm. They're basically made with individually wrapped coils with some sort of pillow top or Euro pillow top in a medium comfort level. And that was our first bed, our, our Sattva Luxury Firm Classic. Yep. We now have, you know, a firm version of that, a softer version of that. We now are in latex. If you want something more natural, I have ultra premium memory foam. We have customizable air. We mm. do something for larger folks. We do a youth in a spring. Uh, for luxury industry, first luxury bed for, for kids. Mm. So, uh, but at the time it was just really that. And that's yeah. what, that's what we were basically saying. Look, save yourself a thousand dollars, have something that's a little more green, a little more earth friendly. Yeah. Um, and, um, if you don't like it, you lose nothing. Yep. Incredible. 
getting into the marketing here. So you guys launched, you, you launched with that first bet, as you mentioned, you had these partners. Um, what were some of the main forms? I know you guys are heavy into performance marketing. I've heard uh, in the past on that. Uh, what would you say you guys really tackled at start that worked best? We are, we are uh, you know, first I want to make sure we never get credit for it. I always tell, I always tell my team one yeah. day, one day somebody will write about us and they'll say that, well, Safa really was the first one selling mattresses at scale online. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you heard it here, it is, folks. <laughs> your question was, I'm sorry. Um, what, what kind of marketing did you find at launch yeah. was working best performance? What, what was that looking like? Sure. We are, we were only Cameron. This is, you know, this is kind of what made us. We were strict, pure performance marketers. That yeah. was our, that was, that's what we became. We were the best at it. Uh, I think today we're still the best at it. It is, it is, you know, I have an incredible team with 13 years of data. Mm. Um, and we, that was always our thing. In 2019, I said, well, when I started Sattva, basically 0% of people, very, you know, just a blip were buying mattresses online. There were a couple of foam companies that would have sold something online, but it, luxury mattress, no one. Yeah. And then now, here we go get to let's say 2019 2020 we got it up to about 19 percent 20 percent now it's at about 21 22 percent of yep. people will buy a mattress online that's great but then if i then wanted to start doing out of market advertising right people yep. out of, like brand marketing yep. it, it would cost a lot of money because if i go to let's say san francisco and i want to put up a billboard or i want to do a television commercial even if you like me and you come on and you, you say, oh, I'm going to I'm going to Google them um, from a search standpoint. I know how to get you to my website, but I can only sell 21 percent of you. Yeah, that's a big number. When you think about the industry being 20 billion dollars, that means we have this four billion dollars of business to go after. Yeah. But the reality is there's still 75, 78, 79 percent people that won't buy from me no matter what, because they won't buy online. For sure. So in 2019, I opened up my first viewing room. Mm. on 57th street third avenue um it was it's it continues to be wildly successful i believe it's the highest grossing mattress store in the country per square foot wow it's 3300 square feet and it does 10 million dollars a year in business wow. in 3300 square feet and it's right next to you know great stores like mattress firm casper's around the corner tempa peters across the street duxiana's around the corner bloomingdale's is across the street with all other brands like high-end brands like cluft and schiffman mm. so um we're really we were so we're like wow our concept is amazing and you know we we they're not normal looking mattress stores we made them look like um extremely luxurious uh, kind of if you when you think about restoration hardware yeah if they ever came up with a mattress store it would kind of look like this yeah um and then it has great technology in it so there's an ipad next to every product so you don't need a lot of people working there on the floor we have a lot of people in the back our call center really has become the back of our viewing rooms so Got now it. we have 11 of them open we're opening up another five by january Wow. Uh, but we're in every major city from Charlotte, Dallas, Chicago, Boston, and we're on the best streets, Newberry Street. We're on Melrose in L.A. We're on Post Street in San Francisco. We're on Walnut Street in Philadelphia, 14th Avenue in, wow. in Washington, D.C. Uh, we're opening up in Orlando. Uh, Incredible. We're, yeah, we're doing also we just took a spot in Flatiron that will be opening up in January. Okay. Uh, so that'll be our second store in Manhattan. Did you know that only 2% of the clothing that Americans wear is made here? 2%. 
The rest is imported from other countries. All American Clothing is on a mission to change that. They have you covered from head to toe with a wide range of garments, all crafted right here in the USA. By keeping the production in the US, All American Clothing not only delivers exceptional quality, but also provides jobs and contributes to the tax base that supports our communities. So when you shop with them, you're not just getting fantastic clothing, you're helping strengthen American families and communities. As Black Friday is just around the corner, make sure to hop on their site, offering early sales up to 50% off select items. Make sure to hurry as this only lasts till October 25th. So make sure to check them out at allamericanclothing.com. That's allamericanclothing.com and enjoy the rest of the episode. If you can talk us through, like a consumer walks through one of these stores, uh, what does that look like in comparison to one of the old traditional brick and mortar mattress stores? So it's a lot of digital based uh, and then they order online through the iPad. What does that look like when you walk in? Yeah, so this is. Uh, I, I hope you find this interesting, Cameron. You can cut it out if you if you don't. But I, if 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 you love business, which I do, I'm 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 addicted to business. I, I yeah. tell my wife all the time, what a great addiction to have, right? I, yeah. Business actually makes me happy. It's like a sport to me. Exactly. I enjoy it. I play very fair. I love when people do really well in our space, and we lift rising tides. Yeah. Um, it's not a, uh, uh, you know, it's not like hey, I have to kill everyone. It's like, let's all behave well and get people to buy mattresses more often. Yeah. Let's talk about sleep, health, and wellness. Uh, but the, so, what was so interesting with this, when I was opening up the viewing room, I said to the team, I said, by the way, guys, I don't really care if we sell one mattress in here or not. This is a viewing room. Yeah. Uh, what, what I care about is the DMA, which is the designated marketing area around the viewing room, the 20-mile, 20 25-mile radius around the viewing room. Mm. We just need people to come here if they, if they couldn't make the decision for a home trial, they want to just come touch and feel, maybe I could just have a security guard here yeah. with, with all the technology so they can get all the information right next to any product. When people come, I don't care how modern people think the world has gotten, when people go to a full wall operation and they're going to spend $2,500, they want to know about delivery, they want to know exactly what's in it, they want to make sure the order went right, yeah. and they, everyone buys on our equipment when they go there, it's amazing. Um, and the DMAs are being lifted. So there are obviously mm. people who go touch or feel good that we have a, a viewing room for whatever reason that might be. But yeah, the DMAs are, be, it, the conversion rates are, are higher in our uh, areas where we have a viewing room mm-hmm. and the DMAs where we have a viewing room compared to the rest of the country. So we will, um, you know, we have uh, 18 slated right now. Yep. Uh, uh, the way we kind of look at it is, you know, you take Mash's firm. Yeah. You know, we're a premium customer, right? Our average sales is about twenty four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that includes everything, foundation, extra pillows, whatever. But you know, you yeah. can buy a bed from us for seventeen hundred. Yeah. Um, but our, uh, you know, our model, as I, as I look at it, we're e commerce first always. Yeah. So because I had Jennifer, Jennifer became a very heavy business, right? You have two hundred nineteen stores. I used to tell everybody, uh, well, the whole management of Jennifer, I, every time the rents would come in, I go, has it been 30 days already? <laughs> you know, 219 rents, Another, just in 30 days, it goes so fast. Yeah. So we always want to keep the retail footprint small as compared to the e-commerce business. And we don't need a lot of stores today. When you have great e-commerce capabilities, mm-hmm. you can drive the consumer to you. And I'm not in a rush to sell you. For sure. Uh, you know, the funnel was basically last 90 days. So for us... Uh, we have people driving 40, 45 minutes, an hour, mm. uh, you know, you know, they'll come in from the suburbs of, of, 
of Massachusetts to go to Newberry Street. Yep. You know, and, and, and again, it's just it there's an efficiency to it. Yep. And when they walk in, the, again, the viewing room is beautiful. It smells beautiful. It looks beautiful. They're well kept. Nobody pressures you. There is no pressure to buy. We all mm-hmm. of our people, are just, nobody's on commission. They're just there to give you information. Yep. And we want to make sure that you're on the right product, because for us to push you, doesn't really work because we have a 365 day home trial. If it's not the right product, you're just yeah. going to send it back. So we want to make sure you're getting the right product. Yeah. If our product is the right one, the last thing we want to do is send something to you and have to take it back. Mm, for sure. Talking on um, some of that feedback you got from either visitors in, in store or online, you guys have a, a ton of data points now. What would you say is the main consumer for Satsva if you can uh, depict that? Yeah, well, like I tell everyone, you, you know, we are. You know, we're on the premium side, so yeah. uh, it's fairly affluent, you know, uh, $80,000 household up. Yeah. Um, more average is probably around one twenty-five. Yep. Um, uh, and, and it's really from basically, I always tell everyone it's from like 32 to death, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and that's really it. You know, older folks, we, we just we just came out with our RX mattress. These are for people with extreme chronic pain. Mm. Uh, this is like if you you know if you have basic back pain our, our standard classic luxury firm is the best bed we think in the market for you mm. uh, contours to the body great for spinal alignment great for blood circulation but if you have chronic like you were surgery ridden type back pain we just yeah. came out with the top for rx so um you know something for everyone yep for sure Getting into the product development side, uh, the R&D, so say, like you just mentioned, a uh, new mattress, n- new problem you want to solve, what does that look like when you guys come to the drawing board? Uh, how do you source material for that? What does that look like, testing? Well, like you were saying before, you know, our, our, our data tells us we'll look at our chats and our emails and we look at questions that customers are asking us and yeah. my job as an entrepreneur is to solve every every issue in the world, right? <laughs> uh, so um, we... That, that's basically it. So we have our product team is constantly building out our marketplace for top of bed product, which is, you know, mm-hmm. duvets, pillows, sheets. We want to bring all high quality. Yeah, I can easily attach a pillow much more than I do if I had a $30 pillow. I won't sell a $30 pillow. Yeah. You know, our pillows are the highest quality. I want everyone to feel when they're buying software products and when they go home and sleep on them like they're in a luxury hotel. Yeah. So a $30 pillow is just not going to do that. Um, so, so that, that's, that's the mission that my product team is on when it comes to, we're kind of finished with our lineup of beds. I have an idea for one or two more things. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll see if the data takes me there or not, but right now we're in seven categories Mm. and I kind of like the categories that we're in. Um, our philosophy, um, was to curate the best mattress at the best price being able to deliver it anywhere in the country, in-home, white-glove delivery, mm. white-glove delivery, take out the debris, set Incredible. it up, take it to the roll bed. If I could do that more efficiently than everyone in each category, in a spring, ultra-premium uh, memory foam, natural latex, et cetera, mm. um, we'll, we'll always win. But we've curated what we think is the best bed in the premium class for each one of those categories. And we make shopping very easy. Because once you tell me the category you're in, mm. low the price, We're not. you don't have to worry about changing price just tell us the category that's the price and then we're going to tell you how we've curated the best bed for that price yeah and um and by, by the way everything we make for the consumer is fresh is freshly made uh so in other words when you buy it the bed is made after you buy it 
and I could deliver it anywhere in the wow. country in seven to 15 days. There are some places that might be a little longer. Yeah. It's average seven to 15 days. Like if you're in the uh, top, you know, south or, or northwest corner of um, of Montana, it might take 18 days or 21 days. Yeah. But generally, like in cities, you know, we're, we're delivering within eight days and we just made the bed for you fresh. Wow. And that is remarkable. I think we have 19 factories now that build for Sotfa all over the United States. We're only built in the United States. Incredible. And we have 150 in-home white glove delivery companies that we've trained to come in, deliver our product. Take, like I said, take out the debris, set it up for you, and take out your old bed, mm. uh, all in the price. Uh, but it, it, but setting up the network of 19 factories, that was all my experience with Jennifer and, wow. and dealing with del delivering furniture all over the country for 30 years in my 20s and my 30s. And um, what are, we've, we've created just an incredible operation. Amazing. And now we're starting to do, start, we're talking before, it's starting to do the brand marketing. Yep. With the viewing rooms, now allows us to go on television. Mm. It now allows us to do podcasts. It now allows us to do uh, TikTok and YouTube videos, more of them. Yep. Um, uh, we just put up our first billboard outside the Midtown Tunnel mm. uh, in, heading into New York City. So everyone coming in from the Hamptons and Fire Island, uh, can't wait for them to see our billboard as they Incredible. come through. Uh, and if they live in Murray Hill or downtown Manhattan. Incredible. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're really having a good time now and we're outpacing our industry by about 10%. Wow. And uh, it's time for us to step on the gas. It's like every, every I tell the team, no matter how big we get, mm -hmm. it just seems like every year we're just getting started. Yep. I love it. You guys know you guys have had exponential growth throughout the years. And what I've been hearing is really Sadfa outside of a product brand. You guys are really creating this experience. It's unheard of. White glove delivery, fresh made beds, location points that can be shipped at regionals so it can be reached to the consumer quickly. How important is that experience on the Sadfa end outside of the product? You guys have really defined it well. It's everything. It's brand behavior, Cameron. I mean, I'll tell every young entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, if you don't behave well as a brand, and that means every touch point. Yeah. That means, uh, I, I don't care if you call my, my, you call us at three in the morning. I want a nice kid answering the phone. Yep. Uh, answering your questions, not pressuring you, just answering your questions, being helpful. All of our content, I started, I just wrote an article on uh, LinkedIn about this. My CMO came to me years mm. ago to invest in, in content. I was like, what are you kidding? Wow. How fast is the return? The return, is, it costs a fortune and the return takes forever. I said, really? Uh, anyway, he talked me into it, <laughs> tortured him for two years. It's the greatest thing we ever did. We have our enlightened blog is amazing. Sleep is an activity. Mm. Um, take it, everyone should take sleep more seriously. Mm -hmm. You know, a great sleep is not coming home and really tired and falling asleep with your computer on your chest. And, yeah, uh, you got to make sure the temperature's right, you know, wash up, get your electronics off, be on the right sheets, be in the right blanket, the room mm. temperature, uh, prepare yourself. Um, and, you know, I, I we write a ton of articles on sleep being tied to health and wellness. Mm. And not just Sattva, by the way, other people in the space do a really good work also. Yeah. We have about 850 articles that we've written. It's cost us millions of dollars. Wow. And it's been the best investment I've made because it basically dictates how we act as a brand, how we look as a brand. And every single person that works for our company, I don't care if you're on our content team, digital product team, one of our engineers, our creative team in Los Angeles, yep. uh, or your, your customer service rep in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, everyone behaves the same way. And that is it. We're kind to each other. We're yep. kind to our customers. Uh, 
we're, we're not, we, we, we have basically no turnover in our company other mm. than, you know, obviously the few that we need to force for low performance. Yeah. But other than that, we have really not, none of that. We are, uh, I'm not an egomaniac. We, you, you play hard, you come to work, you study, we're going to try to make you successful. Love and it. we are all aligned. And one of the reasons we're all aligned is we don't sell wholesale. Yep. We don't wholesale our product out. Like a lot of brands, whether it's, uh, you know, one of the other bed in a box companies that are online. Yep. I always like to make sure everyone knows we're not a, we're not a bed in a box, right? Yeah. Because when you say online and mattress, they tend to think it's bed in a box. It's we're important. the only ones at scale selling real luxury mattresses that are whole and stable. Yeah. Uh, and we just we just happen to sell them online. But again, the the idea of brand behavior to a young entrepreneur, they have to have a mission. It's real. Mm. It's not just talk when you sit down with you, yourself or your group. It is like have a purpose, mm. know what you're going to do and um, and live by that. And one of my things was, like I said, I was reading a lot about Tony Shea. Yeah. Customer service is going to be my thing. Uh, we were going to turn this upside down. That's why the company's called Sattva. It's Sanskrit for uh, truth and purity. I love it. And I was telling my designer at the time that that was kind of what I wanted to do. People couldn't comparison shop because, fact, you know, the you know, X amount of a small amount of manufacturers were selling to multiple retailers in one region. Yeah. So they changed the stitching on a bed, although it was the same bed, but this way they could charge a different price or whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, phony sales. And I said, I'm not doing any of that. Mm. I'm going to, here's my specs. We're going to give you all the information. We're just going to be totally open and transparent. So I've lived by that. Mm. Um, uh, I'm good to all my employees. We, we have a great relationship. We have town halls. We have ERGs. Mm. Uh, we have, you know, groups for uh, whoever you are in the world. There's a group in Safa that, uh, so it's great for our employees. And because we control every touch point. In other yeah. words, when you wholesale your bed, right? That means I, I let, you know, uh, if I if I wanted to be in on mattress firm's floor or Macy's floor or Bloomingdale, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, first, it, it's they kill margins. Yep. I can't control my own pricing. I don't control my own brand. Yep. If there's a dirt on my bed, no one's cleaning it for me. Exactly. Um, I just don't trust anyone else with my brand. Yeah. Uh, so if you buy a Safa product, you're buying it from someone who is, was trained by Safa, cares about Safa. So we do our own manufacturing, you mm. know, throughout the country, uh, through 19 factories, uh, and we're the largest account of all of those factories. So we we have, you know, it's kind of like Uber. We get to control an asset that we don't have to own. For sure. Uh, but I do all the buying of our organic, uh, our cover that has organic cotton that's antimicrobial in it. Mm-hmm. All of our natural thistle I buy, I buy the springs, and then the factories take them in, and you know build for us all over. And they are guaranteed orders that because all, all our factories have to do is ship on time, yep. communicate well with my team, and that's it. If you're if you're if you're selling to regular retailers, right, that factory has to go every month and beg for floor space yeah you don't have to do that with me as long as you're building you stay within the warranty ratios the exchange ratios the return ratios Mm. i'll love you forever you know just 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 continue to work with us that way and 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 we have quality control we send someone around to the factories twice you know twice a year um Mm. it's just all comes together but it's all about a behavior yeah Uh, and we love it Incredible. There's so much emphasis around integrity behind the brand, which I, I love. And I like to conclude uh, each episode with this. If you can share one piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur, maybe something you've learned or regret along the way, uh, what would you say that would be? 
Well, uh, two things. I'm just going to write down because I don't want to forget one. Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, oh, so let me just put this here. Okay. So <laughs> the the one thing uh, I don't have a regret here. This is one thing that I did well. So yeah. it's my piece of advice to every uh, young entrepreneur. Try to hold on to as much equity as you can for as long as you can. Don't lose control of your company, mm. uh, particularly companies that have, um, you know, extensive CapEx. You know, they're always very anxious to get money to grow. And then they wind up giving up a lot of control or possibly giving up control or giving up a lot of equity. Yep. So I, I bootstrapped for a long time. I mean, I was in a little I was basically in a pretty fortunate position. Yeah. But I launched software for less than a million dollars. Wow. And uh, my partners and I still to this day, 13 years later, we've had three major um, liquidity events and we still maintain control of the company. Incredible. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's a model for what I think everyone should try to do. It's very hard. We didn't have a lot of CapEx early on. Yeah. So in fairness, if, if companies are, uh, you know, have huge build outs and stuff like that, it's a little different. Yeah. So that's one piece. The other one is you have to invest in a data team early. Mm. Like if people think they're just going to set up, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to my this this one's going to do this and she's going to do that and this one's going to do this. If you don't have a data team today, you you will fail fast and hard. Mm. You will not believe how fast. If I could change one thing, yeah, I would be probably a couple of million ahead, a couple of hundred million ahead right now. Yeah, I started investing heavily in data about six years ago. Okay, I should have been doing it nine years ago, ten years ago. Yeah. Um, it's just you can today. It's I tell everyone today is the easiest time to start a business because you can you know throw up a website, put it on Amazon, whatever. It's the hardest time to scale a business. Yeah. And the only way you can scale your business today is with data because every major company that's got anything going for it has a great data team. Yeah, that's an incredible advice. Thank you so much. And yeah, Ron, thank you so much for taking the the time. Incredible story, incredible career. And to our listeners out there, make sure to check out Sadfa at uh, sadfa.com. Cameron, thank you so much. Cheers. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small on social platforms and make sure to subscribe to our email so you don't miss anything on Starting Small Summit, more podcast episodes, or our online blog. You can find that link in this description.